All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. No time for intros today. We getting straight to it. If I owned a pair of black Air Forces, they would be on right now. But guess what? I don't. So <laughs> but it's black Air Force energy in the building. Slamming the table, got my mic, messed my mic up. All right, let's get straight to it. Cowboys defeat the Eagles 30 to 13. And I have to clip it up. I got to do it. I have to. I have to. It would be totally disingenuous of me to come in here and berate the Cowboys more. Um, as my co-host on the Thursday episodes would like to say, I am a Cowboy hater. But guess what? Not a Cowboy hater. Do I dislike the discourse and the fan base surrounding the Cowboys? Absolutely. It's toxic. It's terrible. And um, yeah, I just don't like the general discourse that surrounds the Dallas Cowboys and has for essentially my entire life. You know, I was born in the in the 90s and like <laughs> this has been a thing forever. Oh, shit. Finally, the thing that we've all been asking for, all the quote unquote uh, Cowboys haters, I would I would still classify myself as a Cowboy disliker, but they did it. They beat a good team. Um, a little salt, a little little shade, a little salt. I will throw in there is that you, you caught the Eagles. On their, their nice downswing, they've been spiraling out of control. That's not the Cowboys' fault. It's still a good W. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take away from the fact that they finally did what I've been saying they need to do, which is beat a good team. They did that. They went did it. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Eagles. Um, people have, just, I, I don't know if it's the tush push. <laughs> it's got the, uh, let's start here. The line, the offensive line is not the same I mean everybody obviously you can't help but get a year older they're all a year older excuse me um the defensive line isn't getting home uh, I just wonder if that physical style and nature of the Philadelphia Eagles over the past yeah I guess this year last year I guess you can throw th uh, the third year, Jalen's first year, you can kind of throw it in there. They they just been a hard nosed, grind it out, run the ball type of team that's that comes and hits hard on defense. And I wonder if it's just just like everybody else, if it's just wearing on them. Um, you know, just not to toot the Chiefs' horn, but it kind of just goes to show you how how difficult it is to maintain a team that consistently, uh wins and goes deep into the playoffs it's a difficult thing to do to, to stay healthy through all that so you know i don't know if we're just seeing the ramifications of the long season last year and the tush push starting to wear down and grind down on the the offensive line and jalen hurts and because they just don't look the same whatever it is um yeah that's that's kind of all i have for the eagles i don't, I don't know what they played bad They've been playing bad, and it's all just starting to to snowball, and and it just it's hard for me to see a situation where they just uh, turn it around. It, it's it's much like how the Chiefs are going right now. They're just kind of spiraling out of control, and I don't see how or where you hit the brakes. It's like, yeah, can they would get beaten the Seahawks, and you play the Giants? It's like that's cool, but I don't see where 
this pattern of playing teams close, struggling all game, and just trying to hurry up and, and squeeze a win out in the end. I don't I don't see how that's going to work. I mean, the playoffs in the NFC aren't won't be particularly strong. Um, uh, they won't be like too strong, especially in the first round if they don't get the bye. Who you play? Like you know, what I mean, you'll be playing the seventh seed, which would be somebody like the Packers or you know a, a, a team like that, a team along those lines where not much to worry about. But it, it still still doesn't bode well for the Eagles that they're kind of stuck in this rut now for the Cowboys. You run into a good team stuck in the rut, and what do you do? You pound them, right? Good job. Can't knock that. Uh, Dak played great. The defense played out of their mind. Not No negatives here. No negatives for the Dallas Cowboys. All I can do, again, I'll clap it up. Clap it up. Good job, guys. Good, solid win all around. Nothing negative to say. Um, well, this is a, 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 a negative wrapped in a positive, really. Because, and this is what it's come down to. Um, if you're going to make me pick between Dak. Let me fix this a little bit. Oh, never mind. Oh, my God. If you're going to make me pick between Dak and Brock Purdy. This year specifically over who's going to be the MVP because it just seems like that's what it's coming down to. Uh, it's inevitable. This is this is inevitable at this point. And um, if you're going to make me pick, I'm taking Dak. I think that Brock Purdy. I've said this a million, million, million times this year. The the talent around Brock Purdy is on such a different level than any other quarterback that has <laughs> it's not even remotely close and I think you know because you, you you can't there's you cannot make the argument that the supporting cast behind Dak Prescott is nearly the same as the supporting cast behind Brock Purdy um CeeDee Lamb Jake Ferguson uh is coming on but he's what a, he's a rookie or a second year I don't I, I, I don't remember um but yeah it's like it's not comparable. Brock Purdy is has the Avengers. He has the super friends. He has you know whatever you want to say. He's he's got he's got a team of of all pro players. It's not even it's not even like it's, I don't understand what the question is. So to me, falling right in line with what I've been saying all year, uh, if we're stuck here in this narrative of it's Dak or it's Brock, and it has to be one of those two. I'm going Dak. Dak probably will most likely win the MVP as long as he doesn't shit his pants the rest of the season. And if who do they play? The Bills. Let's go. Look. I need to make sure before I. Cause I know they're going into a tough stretch here. But let's see. They have the Bills, Dolphins, Lions are their next three, and that's tough. That is a tough outing. The Bills, who are, you know, fresh off their win against the Chiefs, whatever that means, I we'll get to that next. Um, Dolphins, can they beat the Dolphins? Yeah, they could be, They could definitely beat the Dolphins. Uh, could the Dolphins hang 40 on them? Also, yeah, they could also do that. Lions, I don't know what to think of the Lions. I would assume that 
the Cowboys win that Lions game just because that that Lions secondary is just <laughs> getting more and more exposed the deeper we get into the season. So um, probably get that too. And you know, I, I think you, as long as you coast along these next four games, just get the win. Especially if Dak continues to play the way he's been playing. But now the whole thing here, if you've been watching my videos, you're like, wait. You don't get to, <laughs> you don't get to say Dak's been good. Dak should win the MVP. You've been adamantly against Dak winning the MVP, and I have. I still am adamantly against Dak or Brock or really a quarterback winning the MVP. I still believe that it should go to Tyreek Hill because at the end of the at the end of the day, Guys are gonna not cross five, not hit five thousand, not hit forty touchdowns, and we can go back through time and look at seasons where guys played sixteen games, and Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady at the end, where they consistently hit what we're gonna give somebody the MVP for, and I just I am completely opposed to. It's not tainting necessarily the the MVP. It's just kind of we're just giving it to somebody to give it to him. I think giving it to Tyreek Hill in a an anomaly, a just a standout, unprecedented, historical season at the wide receiver position, I think that would would show what type of season this really was. And and I think giving it to Brock Purdy, who we watched for three and a half weeks, some somewhere around that kind of just struggle uh, without having all his guys around him. We've seen Dak early on in the season have his struggles, have, you know, um, definitely was not playing MVP like. Uh, I just think it's it's weird. It's a weird year, you know. But if we're stuck here, if we're stuck here between Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott, just although along the same guidelines I've said all year, we really need, we must define valuable. Okay. Um, I know it's not fun to just give it to the same guy for multiple years at a time. Right. I understand that. <clears throat> I understand it's not fun to just keep giving it to the same guy over and over again. Happened to Jordan. It happened to LeBron. Tom Brady only has how many MVPs does Tom Brady have? Two, one, two. Not a lot. This is what happens, right? Um, five times. I was wrong. Okay. So I, I just think this will have you get fatigued, and I think right now we are. Now to say. Mahomes should win the MVP this season would be a slightly disingenuous, right? Especially the last couple games that they're on a slide. Uh, but what is the, the the definition of valuable, right? Let's, let's literally, I mean, we're here now. Let's just do it. What is the definition of valuable? Valuable, worth a great deal of money, a thing that is of great worth, especially and a small item of personal property or very useful and helpful. And to me, I just think 
when we talk about value, somebody that's bringing value, uh, if you're giving me those two options, it's Dak Prescott all day. Less weapons. Um, we haven't seen him have the same type of rut or slump that Brock is that had Brock had. Uh, but this is where we at. Like, who's the most valuable player in the in the NFL right now? It's Patrick Levine Mahomes. If you take Patrick Mahomes off of the Chiefs and put a a standard value standard value quarterback in. They are not a playoff team. If you took a standard value quarterback and put them in for the 49ers, I would, they're probably roughly the same. Maybe they lose one more game because their quarterback is incompetent compared to Brock Purdy, who just makes the right decision all the time, uh, but doesn't have all the talent in the world. If you take a standard value quarterback and, and place him on the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys are worse. Are they? They might not. They might be teetering five hundred somewhere around there. I mean, we've seen Cooper Rush come in and and put these guys on a, on a run. Um, so I, I still think who the the most value, the actual most valuable players in the NFL are probably. It's probably Mahomes. It's probably Lamar. It's probably um, who else could you just not rely on right now? Um, I don't know. Like, what are the Chargers? If they don't have Herbert, are they that like what the Bills um, with Josh Allen? Like, there's there's the other like it, there's a there's a, a longer list before we get to Dak and Brock. Uh, before, if we talk about replacing them with just standard quarterback play, how good or bad is the team? It's not either of these two guys. But here we are. Um, MVPs and these player awards tend to fall into more of a narrative-based thing. Which, fine, value is 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 an opinion thing that you're going to have to do anyway, but or that you're going to, you're going to have to make, it's going to be an, it's an opinion pick, right? That's, that's what this is going to be. I mean, they have the stats, but we, it's never just about the stats. It's typically always some type of thing, some type of combination of stats, best player, best team, and the literal definition of most valuable. And Dak will probably win the MVP, but I think in the next three to four years, if Dak wins the MVP, the Cowboys will regret it. You'll regret giving Dak the money. You'll regret um, holding him up on a pedestal for winning that MVP, I think. I think he is a above average, above serviceable. He's, you know, if 50 is standard, Dak is a 60 to me. And I think that will bear out in the future. It's bared out in the past. Um, and I believe that's where this will all end <laughs> is if Dak wins the MVP, we will look back eventually and that will be where the Dallas Cowboys franchise went off the rails. <laughs> it's the year Dak won the MVP. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I've been wrong. I'll be wrong again. And this could be one of those things, but I genuinely believe that 
this this will be a mistake. Not him winning the MVP. But if he wins the MVP, he gets a new contract, that would be a huge mistake instead of moving on into the future and getting a guy who in five years isn't 35, 36 years old, losing his athleticism a bit, um, and just, like I said, he plays scared. You never, you can never get away from that. Um, it never goes away, right? Uh, who was it? Uh Colin Coward was pointing out that a lot of the the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are over 30 and a lot of them hit their stride at 30 and he named off guys he named off Joe Montana and blah 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 all the all these Tom Brady all these all-time guys they didn't get it until then but the problem is with that is all those other guys were great all the way up until then though and Dak has not been great all the way up until now and now because he's 30 he hit some magical number that he's just going to be an elite quarterback now. That's not the case. I don't believe that will be the case. And I think moving forward, it'll be a huge, huge, um, not mis- it'll be a mistake to give him the his next big contract and weigh this team down with that much money spent on Dak Prescott. Oh, all right. Okay, we're here. Um, the Buffalo Bills. Beat the Kansas City Chiefs twenty to seventeen. We can start with the penalty. I feel like that's what everybody's been talking about. Um, the penalty is not why the Chiefs lost the game. I'm, I have to say that because it's true. I've been banging at the table here. I've been telling Daniel. <laughs> I've been say. I've been trying to explain. That the Chiefs do not have the personnel to be a one of the top tier teams. They are a secondary tier contender right now. Does that mean they cannot win the Super Bowl? Does that mean they cannot get to the Super Bowl? That doesn't mean that. What that means is they're in the same veins to me as Ravens, Lions, um, I mean, the craziest thing is the top tier right now is one team. We've seen one team that when they're healthy and ready to play, they look unstoppable, and it's the San Francisco 49ers. Now, to get back to what I was talking about before I get off on a tangent, <laughs> but the penalty didn't lose the game. But let's talk about the penalty for a second, right? Um that was Andy Reid's first ever offensive offsides penalty called. That was the first offsides uh, penalty called on the Chiefs since 1995. Uh, now, a lot of people have been saying, okay, there's been 11 of these this year. Well, if I remember correctly, seven or eight of them came on the tush push with guys that are just lined up so tight. And so chopping at the bit to, to get pushing forward that they line up off sides. Um, so really, there's been two or three actual o- offensive offsides penalties called in this same way. And um, it's just silly. There are reports going around that Kadarius Tony checked twice with the ref. This is the same thing that happened to Terry McLaurin, where he literally points to the ref. Hey, yo, my good. 
the ref points back to him, oh, you good, and just immediately gets a flag thrown on him after snap. Like this is this is is it's a very silly thing because uh, receivers are taught to check with the side ref. Now the the explanation from the NFL, Carl Sheffers, which uh, Carl Sheffers, but the explanation was the refs don't have to do this. Okay, that's cool. But it is one of those common courtesy type of things. Now, was Kadarius Tony completely offsides? Obviously, he was offsides, right? But this is just one of those common courtesy type of things that you just don't do. That you tell the coach to tell the guy. You you. It's it's just a common thing. Now, if you want to put put a, uh, your conspiracy hat on, this is one of those plays. That you can kind of lean on a little bit because everybody's always a little offsides. Everybody always uh, jumps the snap. Everybody always linemen always hold. There's always DPI and OPI. There's these things happen on every single play. Every single play. They're most of the time they're either it's either something that's horribly egregious or just a judgment call and. I don't want to say, I mean, the refs, we we can't pretend like the refs haven't been bad all year. That That's what it is. It's a thing like people want, and I get it. It's the same thing with the Patriots back in the day. People just want a reason to hate on the Chiefs, to have something to say about the Chiefs, to be able to talk down, to be able to shit on them a little bit, to be able to bring knock them down a peg. And that's cool. I understand that. But we can't pretend like the refs this year haven't been complete dog shit because they have. This is it's this is not just chief specific. They have been bad this year. There have been a a, a, a there's been a lot of over officiating, a lot of ticky tack calls that are changing games. We we see it over and over again on these uh, isolated games, uh, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night games. These big national isolated games. We see this week in and week out. Every team, no, it doesn't matter if it's the Chiefs. It doesn't matter if it's the Eagles. It doesn't matter if who it is. This this has been this has been a bad year of officiating. They're over officiating. They're complicating the game. They're they're getting in the way. And it, I, the fact that you do this in that moment and just blow the whole game is you can't. You just can't. But that is not why the Chiefs lost. The Chiefs lost because. They lack talent at the receiver position. That's it. The lack of talent, the lack of awareness from the receivers is just shooting them in the foot over and over and over again. Nothing has changed for me. This game didn't change anything for me. Um, If anything, looking at it, this was one of the better games of the last half of the last eight games, seven games, whatever, however long the stretch has been, uh, where it's been just pathetic from the receivers. Uh, this was one of the better games. There's one or two drops. Rasheed has turned into a fumbling. He's gonna he's gonna fumble probably every other game. It seems like at this point. That's why turnovers. You throw a pick immediately, opening up. The opening drive, screen pass gets tipped, interception. They go down, 
No, they didn't. I don't think they went down and scored. But still, you do that. Rasheed fumbles the ball. You lose a turnover battle against Josh Allen. Um, the defense did they think one of the one of the top scoring offenses because, basically because they have Josh Allen over there just doing everything he possibly can. Because of that, uh, you hold him to twenty. You hold him to to no touchdowns in the second half, none, and still lose this game. Why? Because of turnovers and boneheaded penalties, defensive holding, offensive holding, false starts, um, the offsides, just dumb stuff repeatedly in and out week after week. And it just hasn't stopped. There's nothing new. Now I say all that. And I still, is it possible that they can get to a Super Bowl? Absolutely. Why? Because who, what team is, what is the, the team in the AFC? What's the scary team in the AFC? The Ravens? No, never scared of the Ravens. Nobody should be afraid of the Ravens. If you're afraid of the Ravens, it's just some type of mental block that you have because they want to give away games. They get a one-score lead and pretend like they're up 25. And when they are up 25, they still we've shown they've shown this over and over. They wanted to do it this this week. So who the Ravens are? The Ravens scary? No. Are the Dolphins scary? Beat the Dolphins. Are Chiefs already beat the Dolphins? Are the Jaguars scary? Chiefs already beat the Jaguars. Are the Browns scary? Absolutely not. Can Joe Flacco just continue to, to <laughs> play like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league? I don't think so. I, I I would assume that he was due for some type of type of regression, some type of bad game that's going to show why he's not in the league anymore, and we it'll show up. Are the Steelers scary? No. Are the Colts scary? No. Are the Texans scary? No. Are the Broncos scary? No. And people go, oh, the Broncos beat you. Okay, that's cool. Teams beat teams. Does that mean they're just a scary team all of a sudden? No. No. The Bengals, no Joe Burrow. Bills, they just beat the Chiefs. Are they were, Was it scary? Am I sitting here thinking there's no way we can beat the Bills? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So can they make a run in the AFC? They can. I don't think that's the most likely scenario, though. Most likely scenario is they win a game, they lose a game, and that's just how it's going to go. That's that's most likely how this is going to go. Because right now, if they if the playoffs started today, they play the Steelers. Can the Steelers get to seventeen with Mitch Trubisky? That's a tall task. The Chiefs uh, Chiefs are good for twenty, <laughs> and that's about it. But are the Steelers good for twenty? Hmm. I don't know, that, that, but that's what I mean. It's like so. There's still the Chiefs. There's still Andy Reid. There's still Patrick Mahomes. Still Chris Jones. There's still Travis Kelsey. It's still the Staples are are still there. It's it's still possible. Does it look bad? Yes. But what team in the AFC right now, or in the NFC? Shit. What team in the league right now doesn't have these blemishes? Doesn't have a a flaw? Not the 49ers. As long as they stay healthy, it's the only team that looks scary. That's a scary team. Now, I don't look at it and go, well, well, what about this? 
everybody has it. The Chiefs is just, it's so glaring for everybody right now for the Chiefs because they've just been world beaters for, for six years. So it's understandable. And it's like, it's just crazy. We don't, we don't get to, we don't get to do these two simultaneous things. We don't get to say that the Chiefs are broken and they're bad and they're going to struggle to get in the playoffs and then also turn around and say because the Bills beat the Chiefs that they are a sneaky, one of the best teams in the AFC and watch out for them in the playoffs. They barely, the same team that everybody's sitting around saying is broken is a is a team that if you don't get the call from the refs, they win this game. The Bills were begging for this game to be won by the Chiefs. They were giving it to them. If not for a defensive holding call uh, with with 220 left in the fourth quarter, it's third and long. And the Bills need a first down to kick the field goal, the kick the last field goal instead of whatever instead of from 40, it's from 50 plus. Just stuff like that. Like we don't get to say that because the Bills beat the Chiefs that the Chiefs are bad and the 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 Chiefs are bad because the Bills beat the Chiefs. Like it, that is one of those like logical fallacies that 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 just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. How if this team is bad, this team is struggling, this is a team that can't win in the playoffs when things get serious, then we don't get to turn around and say the Bills are awesome because they beat that team. You have to believe one or the other. I've been over here saying that the Bills have been failing Josh Allen. You have one of the best players on the planet and the talent around him isn't equaling up to, to, to what it should be. It's the same. They're on the same thing with the Chiefs. They have injuries on defense and a lack of skill players on offense. James Cook, James Cook kicked up this week, but he ain't been kicking up super crazy all year. He's been okay. Pretty good all year. He's not awesome. Gabe Davis hasn't shown up in two years as the Gabe Davis everybody thought he would progress into. Um, Stefan Diggs get, it has consistently, not consistently, not every game, but good teams have been shutting out Stefan Diggs too. Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid. They, it's okay. It's nothing, it's nothing to write home about. So it's like, I think that the Chiefs are still one of the best teams in the league. Still one of the scarier, if there is scary teams, one of the one of the best teams that there is in the league right now. I, and I think the Bills beating them does mean something. So you don't get to say the Chiefs suck and the Bills are awesome because look what they just did to the Chiefs. That's just weird, weird thing that always happens with the Chiefs nowadays that we, we have to do this. We have to 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 crown them while simultaneously saying that they're not good. Like if the team beats them, they're the best team, which means the Chiefs were never the best teams. Like that doesn't make sense. If if I'm the best because I beat you, then you had to be the best. You're the best team then. Like it's just so ridiculous. Um but yeah, there's no for the Chiefs, there's no fix here. That's the sad part. If you're a Chiefs fan, like I am, right here, bam. If you're a Chiefs fan like I am, guess what? There is no fix in sight. The fix is that the guys we have, for whatever reason, whatever I don't know why, for whatever reason, just begin to execute. That's the only hope here, is that they just decide to 
execute at a high level that's it and what is what's the likelihood of that not good they haven't shown that they can do that they don't nobody has we got Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey and Pacheco Pacheco didn't play this game that that means something though but that's beside the point they lost this game they're spiraling. Patrick Mahomes goes crazy on the sideline at the referee. Understandable, especially if you know that the ref, that Kadarius Tony checked with the ref. It's completely understandable. He lost his shit like that. It's just so silly to see the discourse around this, to see the talk around this, to see that Mahomes is embarrassing. To say, to say like that he's embarrassing, this is embarrassing, this is sad, that he's going out sad and all this shit. It's crazy to turn around from some same some of the same people that commend Tom Brady for his emotions, commend Tom Brady for chasing people down the field, for chasing the ref out the tunnel, for yelling and screaming in people's faces. Uh, for him, it means he's, he's a competitor, he's a warrior, he cares about the game. But for Patrick Mahomes, it's because he's sad. He's a crybaby. Again, like these, these, these are these are two ideas that you can't hold. You can't hold both ideas at the same time. You got to pick one. Either, either throwing tablets and screaming at people is competitive warrior spirit, or it's big crybaby energy, and it has to be one of the two. Okay. Uh. Okay. So. Let's just get some of these. Uh, what's the next game? Uh, Ravens Rams. Ravens defeat the Rams thirty-seven to thirty-one. The Ram. Uh, I want to commit. I want to you know shout out to the Rams. I thought they were dead. I had them as one of the worst teams coming into the league this year. I, I had them winning. I think maybe one or two games, if I remember. But they've turned around. Sean McVay. They drafted some guys that are real guys. Kyron Williams has just turned out he's a real guy. Puka Nakua is a real guy. Cooper Cup being back. And um it just seems like they like they they're ballers. You got three legitimate offensive weapons. Matt Stafford is banged up, but he's still he's still slinging that mother. He's still out there slinging that shit. Throwing darts, man, and uh they lose this game on a punt return. <sighs> Ravens dead last in special teams yards and and the Ravens did not want to win this game they struggled they tried they wanted to give this game away to the Rams they wanted so desperately to give this away now the crazy part is Lamar played fantastic um but it's just they have these law like the Ravens can can score can score 30 points in four possessions and then they also turn around and go five six drives straight where they just don't do anything there's a stretch here in this game where it's literally i think they kicked two field goals from like the beginning of the second quarter till like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter or something like that where it's just like it's so, if I understand, if you're a Ravens fan, it has to be so frustrating to see, like, the Chiefs, at least the Chiefs are just, like, one even, like, we cannot execute offense on a high level. And it's just, that's it. Like, with the Ravens, it's like these wild swings back and forth between, like, the most explosive offense 
uh, in the NFL, like scariest. They can run the ball. They can throw the deep ball. They can throw short. They can do all this stuff. And then you have they have the Lamar factor, and then they have this the other side where they just go three and out for five straight drives, and it's crazy. Like it's such a crazy swing one way or the other. That's what worries me about the Ravens. That's what makes me look at the Ravens and go, the Ravens are not a scary team. They should be on paper. It's a scary team. When you look at the high of the highs, it's it should be scary. The defense should be scary. But look here. Like, did the defense not play up to standard or are the Rams that good? I think the Rams are probably just that good, but who knows? I mean, but here, like, the Ravens just did it again. They had a, they, they were down most of the game, and they just had this a long stretch where... Oh, hold on. I'm about to sneeze. They just had a long stretch where they just did nothing. And that's what concerns me about the Ravens is that at some point that they'll turn up and do that again in the playoffs where they're up 14 and they want to sit on the ball, and all of a sudden the team they're playing is coming back, and then... It's just three and out, turnover on downs, interception, fumble, whatever. For multiple drives, they just three and out or in uh, a turnover, and the game is over. <laughs> you said they did with the Colts. Now the Colts are a solid team. Looking back on it now, but it's like you did the Steelers game. Like this has been a thing. Like all their losses are the exact same loss. Like, you have a chance to either finish the game off or go win it and something bad happens. Um, let's see. Uh, Broncos, Chargers. Some point, Russell Wilson is going to shit his pants like he did in the, the Texans game. Like, it's, it's, he's just going to wildly fluctuate from being a solid game manager to why is he in the league? That's just what it's going to be. But the Broncos beat the Chargers 24-7. Justin Herbert got hurt. I mean, if Herbert's in this game, the Chargers probably go away winning this game. I mean, it was 7-0 for almost the whole first half. So, I just, I don't, there's no way. If Herbert's healthy and in, they probably come away with this game, I think. But, who knows? I just don't believe the Broncos thing I think um, Cortland Sutton is really good, and you can, if somebody can just find a way to take Cortland Sutton out of the game, essentially, and you can slow that run game down or just get a lead. If you can get a lead and you can stop Sutton, they're done for. Uh, and I don't think that's, like, a, the craziest thing in the world for some of these other teams to be able to do. Um, let's see. Jets win over the Texans 30-6. to This was very embarrassing. Uh CJ Stroud played like garbage. He's dinged up. Now he's in concussion protocol. Just makes things worse. Tank Dell's gone. That matters. It does matter. I mean, I've said it before. Like we give, we're heaping all this praise on the CJ Stroud, and a lot of people just kind of have overlooked. I haven't heard anybody say anything about maybe the Texans' wide receivers are really good maybe Dalton Schultz is still really good and Nico Collins is really good and Tank Dell's really good and these guys are really good players and the fact that they actually have a real quarterback now has elevated them to like top levels but here 
you mix in that that they're all dinged up, and then you add to, add the fact that the Jets, the Jets defense, is just being wasted. Having Zach Wilson be the starting quarterback, and it's crazy to see because I wonder. I hate doing this, but I love doing this. If Aaron Rodgers was playing, where would they be right now? What would their record be? And I settled on, I think, most the most likely scenario is that they are 8-5, and five, that their record is switched. Because if you look at it, here, here's, here's, I'm just going to pick the games that I think, I believe they could have flipped. If everything stayed the same, right? I mean, they barely lost to the Chiefs. They could have got that, but I wasn't even counting that one. That's one they they probably could have got that one. Uh, but the Patriots game, they could have easily beaten the Patriots. They could have easily beaten the Raiders, and they could have easily beaten the Falcons last week. That puts them at eight and five. You get the Chiefs game, that puts them at nine and four, and they're a top team in the league right now. And all we're talking about is how awesome that defense is. But instead. All we're talking about is how terrible the quarterback situation is, how terrible Zach Wilson is. And I just wonder, what if you do, even if you have Flacco, who's going crazy right now, or Josh Dobbs, who's been, who's completely regressed. Like, if you had one of those for a couple of those games when you were sliding, like, are they a playoff team still? Because six and seven, and you're, you would, you got, if you get, if you have one more game, you're in it. So looking back, the Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon thing, and having keeping Zach Wilson, we're gonna look back on it, and, and it's gonna be looked at a little weirder at the end of the year when they have six wins, <laughs> and we're like, wait, if they flipped four of those, they're in the playoffs. What ifs? What ifs? Um, Browns, Jags. The Browns beat the Jaguars thirty-one to twenty-seven. It was not as close as the score says because the Jags and Trevor Lawrence had some had some late game heroics where they fought back to try to scrape this win. Joe Flacco just playing out of his mind. It's crazy. Um, I think he's ten and one or some some crazy number when he plays in the Brown Stadium. Even when he was a uh, play for the Ravens and now and. I just still just the way this game looked. It, I think if Trevor Lawrence was healthy, they they probably win this. They probably win this game. Just you know, there would have been it would have been more of a battle than it was. I mean, the score looks close, but they they did all that in the last three minutes. They was down three scores basically with with three four minutes left and mounted a nice little comeback to try to force it, but it was too late. It, 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 there was not enough time to mount a three-score comeback, but they got close, which just leads me to believe, like, maybe if Trevor's healthy and he can run and get a couple more first downs and some of these key moments that they would have probably kept kept the game alive and, and been able to just get away with the win. Um, but, yeah, so Bucks, the Buccaneers beat the Falcons 21 or 29 to 25. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, man, just when you thought he couldn't do it again, he does it again. <laughs> uh, I wanted the Bucks to be bad, so bad, so the Chiefs could just get Mike Evans and be done with this mess. But look, 
the Buccaneers are this close to being in the playoffs after what a five game slide like the NFC South is so terrible it's just such a weird situation it's much like the uh, the NFC West whatever year that was where a below 500 team got in the playoffs we're probably there again we're probably going to be to a point where the four seed is a team that's below 500 that's <laughs> so gross but that just goes to show you what type of year we're having we're having a weird year it's full of parody i thought this year would just be a running back year uh from last year the eagles and chiefs dominate the 49ers get healthy and come back and the bills uh kick back up but no, we get this uh, even weirder year where I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's gonna who could beat who. There's not even a lot of paper rock scissors going on where this team beats that team. That team. No, people are just getting dubs, however they can. <laughs> and it's crazy to watch a team like the Buccaneers. I mean, the Falcons are to be had, but it was just like wow, like this is really happening. Like a fourth quarter comeback for the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield to go down the field, score, win the game, and actually really have like the potential of, of getting into the playoffs easily now. It's wild. Another wild game. The Bears blow out the Lions. Red flag alert hit. My red flag alert. I, I've, been, I've said it for two weeks now. The Lions, they're exposed. The secondary can be had. There's, it's not a great secondary. And if you can just chip Aiden Hutchinson and just keep him from getting to your quarterback and give your guy some time, he's going to be able to make plays. If Justin Field, Fields can go out and make plays against this Lions secondary, that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot because all he has is DJ Moore, really, and <laughs> he just dominated this game. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Like Jared Goff has regressed back into Jared Goff. Like the, it's just the Chiefs rub. I hate this is just one of those weeks, man, where I'm just mentioning the Chiefs a lot because it's been on my mind. But the Chiefs rub is crazy. Like you beat the Chiefs and you just automatically get like a bump up into your into how people view you, and that's what's happening here with Jared Goff. It's like. You beat the best, and people start looking at you like you're one of the best, and maybe you just had a good game. That's very possible, or a, a good stretch, and now he's just back to throwing picks and playing scared. And they got whooped. Another whooping. Bengals beat the Colts 34-14. to 14. Uh, I didn't watch much of this game. I just couldn't believe that the Bengals just looked unstoppable, essentially, whether it was Jake Browning or A.J. McCarron had to come in, and they still just didn't miss a beat, take the dub, defense, shutting the Colts down. And there you go. Uh, Saints beat the Panthers. Uh, what do you want me to say? I don't, you know, duh. They better beat them. Panthers are the worst team in the league. Uh, 49ers destroy the Seahawks. They have a little spat. They get into it. Brock Purdy plays out of his mind. Cool. Brock Purdy, Dak. You know, yeah, I already said that at the top. This is a crazy week, man. That's it. Uh, no outro. Black Air Force energy. See ya.